0: what is going on everybody welcome to another episode of pj talks clearly i am not here with Pastor James. But before we get into why that is, I want to first say thank you to Pastor James for one, allowing me to be a part of this project. This is maybe one of the coolest things that I've done in a long time. Getting to just hear his overflow of his heart, his experiences, the trials and tests that he's gone through over the last 40, 50 years of his life and ministry Mm -hmm. is just something so exciting. And really, the point of the show isn't necessarily just leadership and it's not just, you know, tips and tricks. It's more of just like, like what he has experienced, passing it on, and maybe a piece of what he has gone through, you can benefit from as well. Yeah. Which is one of the reasons why we have our guest today, Miss Erica Moyer, how are you? Hey,
1: I'm good, thank you for having me. Of course. I'm so excited to be here.
0: Same, It's so PJ is in Israel right now. He
1: is, he is. And
0: so we needed to find somebody to carry the show on because we can't go a week without PJ Talks. I
1: know, we what miss is that this? guy. We already miss him, we he's already. been gone for two days. <laughs> we already miss the emails. We miss the voice memos. Wait, you're not All getting emails and voice oh, I, emails? I, no, of course I am.
0: <laughs> I'm like, my phone's been blown up <laughs> left and right. So I want to talk about you first. You're a mother. I am you're a wife I on am. top of being a mother of course but you're also our lead for vision and strategy I am before we go into like what vision and strategy is tell me about you who is Erica Moyer
1: oh my gosh okay so I love long walks on the beach stop it I love <laughs> red Rodney lipstick
0: is gonna be watching this and I be like, know. note no I know note. He's,
1: he is he is yes. um well <clears throat> I don't know. I, I, you know, there's, there's not a whole lot to say other than, you know, I started my faith journey ten years ago. I walked into New Life Church, and um, immediately I knew that I was home, which was really weird for somebody like me who didn't um, know God, understand God, didn't understand any of those things. So it was really kind of amazing that I just kind of walked in and really felt at home, and it was. I tell everybody that story because and they look at me sometimes like no way the first time and but I can't explain it to you. But what I can say is that I believe that God I can recognize now that God was preparing my heart to walk into New Life Church because it was going to be a drastic transformation in my life and so
0: And you said 10 years ago?
1: Just about 10 years ago.
0: That's wild. I know. So just take about. me from the time you stepped in to the church to now you are you are one of the i don't know if you know this you're one of the most influential parts of our church
1: what what
0: yes your title vision and strategy which we're going to get to in a second Mm -hmm. is the most influential part of in my opinion the entire church because you have to be creative you have to be administrative you have to be you know pastoral at the exact same time you're wearing (laughs) so many different hats all in one role but Tell me about now moving from walking into faith to now you're working at a church.
1: I know. You know, um, all I can say was that I was so hungry for Jesus. I wanted to know more of him. And... um, there was a position open at the church, and to be honest, I, I know. I, I thought I'm gonna I'm gonna totally get this job at the church, and I'm going to answer the phone, and I'm going to say, "Hallelujah, praise the Lord, New Life Church." This <laughs> is Erica speaking. How can I help you? And, but yes. let me just tell you, like now being in this church world and mm-hmm. and doing church, of course, that is not at all what it is. But there was this this thing inside of me that thought for sure, I would just come in and be like, "Hallelujah, praise the Lord." I want to tell everybody about Jesus, which is. Part of it, but not all of it. I so, love it. And then um, I was just hungry and I really sought out some mentors, and I was really fortunate to seek out my mentor, uh, Wendy, Pastor Wendy Nolasco. Yes. We all know uh, Wendy, and she was really gracious with me and uh, walked me through this entire process. Let me ask the questions, what is God, what does that mean, all of these other things, what is a Bible, you know, go through the scripture, open up the Bible, and kind of walk me through what that meant. So I was really, really fortunate to have someone like Pastor Wendy Nolasco, and then um, Pastor James, um, and Pastor Lydia, and then also Pastor Joey Mendonza. So I've been really fortunate to really have some really good mentors in my life to kind of guide me and and to also call out some gifts in me that I didn't realize that I had, and then maybe even help nourish those too. So, now
0: what gifts are you talking about?
1: Well, I didn't know that I had a passion for for communicating. I mm. mean, I knew that I'd like to talk and I'd like to be in front of people and those you types like of things. I know. What is Talk, this? talk, talk all the time. But, um, they called out a gift in me and so i was really able to say yeah that's something that i feel passionate about and so they've really helped me to grow into that and to establish who i am as a communicator um which is vastly different from just having a conversation Very i mean so. it really really is um but just kind of nurturing that in me and the you know leadership calling out some leadership gifts in me and uh, again nourish nourish nourishing those nurturing those in me as well so
0: i just realized something while you were speaking what so you came to faith i did and then pastor wendy nolasco yes helped minister or like mentor you through that process she did but then you took over her role
1: i <laughs> i know i didn't even recognize. <laughs> it i didn't realize that until you just said it right now yes you
0: took over her role and i think that is the coolest thing is like 10 years went by yes and now you are her role what she was when you guys kind of well not when you met but you get what I'm saying when she left you took over so you've come to faith Mm -hmm. you've now become a communicator yes now you're in vision and strategy but what the heck is vision and strategy what does that title even mean
1: i know it's so sometimes it just sounds a little bit more complicated than it is like it just sounds like it's a cool title like when
0: you say it on sundays i can hear the room like you'll say hi i'm Eric moyer i'm the lead of vision and strategy and everybody's like "Ooh, Ooh,
1: what ah." is that like this is
0: great but then afterwards they're like well what exactly does that do right so what is vision and strategy
1: It's really awesome, and to be honest, I'm really honored that I get to be a part of this uh, vision and strategy, but really what it means is that we are able to take Pastor James and Lydia's heart and their vision and communicate it to the church at large. So we take their vision and put a strategic movement to it, a strategic plan that's going to be— easy for us to duplicate across the board because we are multi-site. So then we do need to have a certain stamp that says New Life Church. Yeah, the brand. The brand of it. So what Vision and Strategy does is just that. We take what pastor's vision and heart is and we implement it across the board to all campuses in a global way.
0: So what are you working on right now? Because I know we have a ton of things going on. We
1: really do. But
0: the one thing that PJ (laughs) has been kind of hitting on and he wants to tap on probably in this episode as well even Mm -hmm. though he's away in israel right is the conference that you're working on at the end of april
1: yes so the Impact Conference, it's Pastor James and Lydia's Leadership Conference. Um, and we do it annually. So it's an annual conference that happens and we get communicators from all uh, walks of life and from different um, industries. So then we do not just ministry, mm-hmm. but also marketplace. And the the goal is to get both ministry-minded people, uh, marketplace-minded people, and you know what? Even just moms, leaders in general, who are leading, moms or dads that are leading in their home and the outside place. We want them to have an opportunity And a place for them to come and get resourced um, on how to become a better leader. What are some tips and tools that they can take away from being in leadership? Um, And Pastor, that is Pastor James's heart. He really um, is impassioned about leadership and teaching leadership. So he really does want to create a space where people can just come and get what they need, go out and flourish, and be you know impact the world. And that's why that's one of the reasons why we call it Impact Conference too. So I like kind of cool.
0: As a woman in leadership, Mm -hmm. has there ever been any struggles?
1: Oh, man. Okay, so let me just tell you.
0: Like, is this a man's world or is this truly, like, open doors? Come on in.
1: Come on in. Okay. So um, outside of ministry and outside of the church, I used to experience lots of discrimination, but not necessarily because I was a woman, but mainly because I was young. And so then I just wasn't taken seriously at all. Um, There were a couple of things that, you know... um, I wasn't, you know, smart enough because I was a girl, that type of stuff. But it was really just minimal stuff. It wasn't, I didn't stay there for very long, so it didn't impact me as much. It was just kind of like, oh, that was rude, you know, and then you just yeah. go And away. you were
0: in your 20s when this I happened, was like too. early 20s, So you're yeah, like, brush so off the shoulder? Yes. Okay. Yeah,
1: so it wasn't really that big of a deal. Um, and then coming into ministry... I've been very fortunate, um, our lead pastors really do believe in women in ministry and they believe in empowering and equipping, um, women, not only women, but really just anybody who's anointed, um, to lead in any kind of capacity. And if that happens to be a woman, then awesome. And if it's not, then awesome too. So I really have been fortunate not to ever experience that in uh, ministry, but you know, I have to tell you that I, I, I know that there have been some women who have, who have really struggled and, um really haven't been able to to lead or even um, fulfill their giftings or their callings just because they are a woman. And um, I'm really fortunate that I've not been i I've not experienced that here at New Life.
0: How does being a mother working in the church, but also being a pastor in leadership work all together in your life?
1: You know, I don't do it by myself. Um, I'm in a tribe of people who who love me and who uh, trust me and who want, who take care of not only me but my kids and um, I have a really good husband I really do and I I couldn't do half the things that I do if I wouldn't have had, if I don't have the support of my husband Rodney I want to shout out to my husband Rodney because he's really really um, he just had a
0: birthday too a didn't pillar. he
1: Yes he's thirty seven years old.
0: We won't have to say the age. I'll bleep it out.
1: Let's just say that I'm younger than that. Um, So yes, I think just having a support system is really, really important. And I'm only able to do um, what I'm doing because I have that. My husband is really, he's on board with with our life, we talked about what this was going to look like. Life, life, and ministry. Um, we talked, we talked it over with our kids. Our kids know what we do, and so on, on. And on top of that, too, yes, I do. There are some moments that we there's a big push for us to get some stuff done, and we work a little bit longer. But that means that I also have to be really intentional about making space and time for my babies, and then making space and time for my husband as well as well as my friends and, you know, all of that. But it's a tribe. It takes a tribe. I don't know if you've ever heard that because, you you know, I know that I used to before I had kids, and I was like, I don't even know what that means. But let me tell you, being in it, I know what that means. It's a group of people just loving on you and kind of filling in the gaps a little bit when you're um, when you're doing work or ministry and that oh, type yeah. of stuff. So,
0: How did you bring this up to your kids? You said that you had talked and sat down with them and told them what you do and yeah. everything like that. But did they get a say in it?
1: i mean they got to talk to mom and dad about how they felt about it so how do you feel about mom and dad you know mommy um working a little later once or twice a week you know what does that look like? I really try not to work um, after hours uh, more than two times a week. And I know that sometimes it's a push, and we we have to do two times, but really I try to keep it at a minimal. There's some you know uh, we we have a lot of bivocational leaders, and we have a lot of bivocational pastors, and so sometimes it's necessary for us to do some meetings or events that are going to be a little later. So even just giving my kids heads up even a week before um, really helps them kind of just adjust to what's happening. Mo- okay, mom, today's mom's you know night too to do meetings or that type of stuff. So, yeah, so it's not that they say like, "No, mom, you can't do it," but it's really an understanding like we're talking about it as a family. So, this is what's going to happen. Dad's going to pick you up. Daddy's going to take you to pizza or, you know, I don't know, whatever. Hey, by the way, my daughter told me the other day. She's like, "Hey, mom, when you work late, Daddy lets us have uh desserts really late." I don't know what it is that she said, but that it was like a special little treat like Daddy lets her have these like special oh, it's like little Oh, it like a little things. bonding moment. Like a little bonding moment. I love that. Yeah, it was that. so so cute.
0: So, I'm going to put my notes away. Because okay. I think I figured out exactly, moving into this conversation, a lot of times I have a lot of prep time to kind of like think about what I'm going to talk about with PJ. Okay. With you, it wasn't that case. It was PJ's gone. Oh crap, what are we going to do? Oh, I want to interview Erica. But you did not ever set out with the mindset of being in ministry. No. No. But then you came into new life, Mm -hmm. you experienced God, you were hungry, and you moved forward into that calling. Yes. How did you even hear the calling? (laughs) That's what I really want to talk to you about today is you going from whatever plan Erica Moyer was on into I'm Erica Moyer on God's plan.
1: I didn't realize that I was doing it. Again, I just was really hungry about um, wanting to know more about Jesus and wanting to know more about what I was feeling because I did feel a big, huge life transformation. And whatever it was that was happening inside me, I wanted more of it. So seeking out my my mentors um, really kind of gave me space to really kind of get some healing and be restored with some things. And I think that once that foggy stuff gets out of the way, um, when you're restored a little bit, you kind of get to understand what God is speaking to your heart. So really just being obedient. I mean, there's been lots of times where I've tried stuff that I was scared out of my mind to do it, stepping out in faith. But I had mentors that were praying over me and really encouraging me to do that. So really all that that's, that was was just being obedient to what I believed that God was speaking into my life. And I, I was really fortunate to have people to speak it out into in my life as well, too. So calling it out in me. And so it gave me a little bit of courage. And, and I didn't always succeed. There were some failures and there was some, you know, doubt. And, oh, my gosh, this is what I'm supposed to be doing, you know, that type of stuff. But I think I think for all of us, we just kind of get up, we dust ourselves off and we just kind of we do our best. We just do our best.
0: When you're talking about being restored, that's one of our mission statements. So our mission statement at New Life goes, know God. Mm -hmm. People have to come to understand who God is and accept them in your heart. Then be restored is the second part. Before you go any further in our mission statement, it says, be restored what does be restored actually mean?
1: It's the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my life. And it's still like a working progress, but yes, it's like restoring some things that were fractured or broken. And not only that, but maybe sometimes uh, for me personally was really kind of reestablishing who I am and my identity, because I believed that I was something different because this is what other people would say about me. And the reality is that, you know, God says something completely different. And so really transitioning you know, to what people say and to who God really says that you are was a difficult transition. It was not easy at all. And it took a little bit. It was, it did not happen overnight. Um, But once I understood that, then I felt like there was a lot of other pieces in restoration that happened in my life that kind of settled. I was able to see it in a different way and really forgive, um, be forgiven. And then really at the end of the day, Robert, forgiving myself, which was a big one.
0: You talked about hearing God, and listening and being obedient. But when you are in the process of just knowing who someone is, you can't pick their voice out from a crowd. Nope. How do you start to lean into the voice that you think is God's and like drown out everybody else in the crowd?
1: I think... Um At first, I didn't. It was really difficult for me to discern whether or not it was God who was speaking to me or if it was my own thoughts or somebody else's view. Um, But the more that I spent time with him and the more that I was in prayer, the more that I was able to distinctly feel him and and understand that it was Him. Even, you know, the, that gut thing that we get, our Holy Spirit just in our belly, that thing, listening to it and really zoning in. And there's some times where I'm like, okay, God, is that you? And then I have to pray over, was that you? And then pray again. Okay, it's you. And so, you know, what I've learned too is that if you ask God to confirm things with signs and wonders or any other kind of way that speaks to you, He does. And so, just learning to, to do that at first was was um, how I started to understand and really kind of know when he was talking to me.
0: How would you start your prayer journey? Because sometimes when we talk with Pastor James, it's so easy for him to say the basic cores, which he said in the last episode, he's going to be beating a dead horse when it comes to he always is deep in the word and he's always talking to God. Yeah. Those are the two things that he is the most disciplined about. Yeah. How do you even begin that, though? Like, well, you start off and you're just like,
1: hey,
0: dude, like, yeah, what's going on? Exactly.
1: Well, um, so I mentioned earlier that my mentor, Wendy Nolasco, so I don't know if you guys know her, but she's an awesome, awesome leader. But she really, I mean, pushes you out of your comfort zone for sure. So any and every time that we spent together, she just started with me like, okay, you pray. Pray for this. Pray for for our, you know, we had lunch. Pray for lunch or hey, why don't you pray about that? And I'll pray with you. So why don't you go ahead and pray out loud? And praying out loud for me was like, the worst i never wanted to pray out loud and it was always so awkward for me do you
0: ever try and do like or like when you first started off you try and like figure out like what have you heard from prayers in the past and you're yes. like oh they said father 17 times oh my gosh so I'm gonna throw father in there a couple times I would
1: always say father god father god father god <laughs> father god everything was father god it was awful but she yes. really pushed me out of my comfort zone and f- I mean eventually you're just kind of like I I understand and I hear and you just let the whole I think we overthink think it sometimes when we're praying yeah so that's kind of how it started so now I just like pray all the time. I just, I'm in my car and I'm praying, you know, I just like talk out loud. I think people think I might either be singing or talking to myself or, you know, that type of stuff. But crazy. I, yeah, just crazy. I just talk to him all the time and start my prayer in that capacity. That, and, and then you, you read the Bible and you journal. Journaling is big. And I didn't used to like it. And I love it now because I like to go back and, and look like, at it. Mm-hmm, yeah, And look at it. And so that for me is like encouraging.
0: How has prayer transformed your kids' life?
1: Oh, man.
0: Because you just said like, oh, Wendy started you off with praying at meals and stuff like that. And then as you're saying that, I'm thinking back, oh, that's why your parents have you pray yes. out loud when you're sitting down at meals. Yes. Oh, that's so like your kids are getting a jump start to what you got. Yep. And I'm understanding. I mean, I don't have kids yet, but like I'd never said the word yet. I'm actually not having children. Oh, everyone. my
1: god! So it's on, it's on record. <laughs> it's on record now.
0: But. You're getting a jump start for your kids in I their am. prayer life. Yes. So, how is that impacting them?
1: Just like that. So, just the way that Wendy had did for me ten years ago as an adult is what I am doing now with my kids. And now that they know it's part of our life, we pray all the time. So, hey, you're hurt. Let's pray for your. Let's pray for your. You know, owie. That type of stuff. We pray before bed, and you know, that. And type you of choose thing.
0: it to be the first response, not the last resort. Correct. I love that phrase. Yeah. Choosing prayer to be the first response, not, not the, last the last resort. resort. Yes. I really like that phrase. Mm-hmm. So one of your other roles here at the church is the women's lead. hmm How fun is that for you?
1: I love it. I love, love, love it. But let me just tell you, before I came to Jesus, I did not like women. I didn't like women. women Wait, I'm were sorry. Mean. <laughs> I mean, I'm not kidding.
0: You are a woman.
1: Yes, but I didn't like other. I didn't like other women. They were mean and and catty and oh my gosh, can just cut you down like nobody's business. And so I never really, to be honest, I didn't have like girlfriends for a long, long time because I didn't want, I didn't like girls. And so now I come into ministry, get restored and guess where God puts me?
0: In women's ministry. With women's
1: ministry, I know. But I have so much fun. It's the best, best time. I have a blast with the women who are a part of it Mm -hmm. and we we just have such a good time together.
0: I'm gonna show a clip really fast of the last women's event that you put on.
1: to do the things that he's put in you and trusted in you to do.
0: Now take me through this event. This was the biggest event that we've had Mm -hmm. ever, right? Yes. So women's, how is that moving, getting into momentum?
1: You know what? I think it's just consistency. Being consistent with um, connecting with your women, making sure that there's gatherings and there's a place for the women in your community to to come and be a part of. Um, it didn't It didn't happen overnight.
0: How many years did it take?
1: It's been about three and a half years
0: since you took over.
1: Mm-hmm. Since I took over, and there was uh, very little to none of ministry, uh, women's ministry happening. Um, just because it wasn't it wasn't consistent so there wasn't a consistent base on it but it took a good year for us to be consistent with gatherings what that meant and using the language of um, women's and not necessarily like like women's and gatherings and friendships and connections um and and you know that type of stuff so it took a little bit for that to catch on but once it did i mean Women are just so hungry for one another. And I think that one of the biggest things that the enemy tries to do is he tries to tell us that we are better by ourselves. I know that that's exactly what he used to say to me, and I believed it. I believed that I was better without having girlfriends in my life. But the fact is that we are so much better together. In unity, united, we're stronger. Um, we get to speak into each other's lives. And for the most part, we get, we, you know, we have dealt with the same kind of situations. Um, and so we're able to to restore friendships again. So it's, it's been really, really amazing.
0: I love the quote by Rich Wilkerson, who's a pastor in, in Miami, Mm -hmm. but he says, isolation breeds insanity. Yes. And so when I'm in my loneliest moment, I'll be like, I don't want to be with anybody, pull the covers over my head. And I'm like, wait, I'm, I'm literally putting insanity inside (laughs) of myself by Mm -hmm. isolating myself. So having the ability to have that community of women has really transformed our church on a different level because the women's events are so lit. They're
1: so fun. <laughs> I love you have the best time. It's yeah. really a place to kind of let your hair loose and get, you know, free and yeah. you know, let the go. The dads are
0: watching the kids, exactly. the moms come over here exactly. and they have a great time. It's the best time. Tell me about one of the biggest insecurities that you have as a woman in leadership.
1: Wowzers. Okay. Biggest insecurity that I have, you know, it's I'm going to be real honest are you ready yes vulnerable um it's comparing comparing myself to other women comparing myself to women who might be better communicators or women who um dress better or women who have great hair because my hair is cray cray um it's those little itty bitty things and I just recognize that that is the enemy trying to just take me out, and I just refuse to do that. So when I when those things creep up, it's not again. I'm not going to make it to where it's it's easy. It's not. And sometimes I have to vent and talk it out with, you know, uh, a close friend or a mentor, and just say, Hey, this is kind of what I'm feeling, and just kind of let it get let it go and release in that way. But you pray about it, you release it, and you just, I have to believe at the end of the day that God has called me to do a specific thing. And I can't worry about what other lanes and other people are doing in their lanes and what God is doing in and through them. I just can't. Um, and that right there will, once you do that, then you just cross over and you like make yourself insane, but you don't. Um, so that's one of the biggest insecurities that I've had as a woman, um, in any kind of, in any capacity, leadership and outside world and marketplace and stuff like that. But, um, I really try not to. I really try to bring it back to Jesus. Jesus, this is what I'm feeling. Bring it back to Jesus and really kind of stand on the promises that he has for me
0: here at new life we are really fortunate since the time of me being in diapers mm-hmm. till now yeah women in leadership has been just constant my children's pastor was judy jenkins we have jeanette mulhouse mm-hmm. who is our executive uh our pastor, executive pastor. Mm-hmm. and she's been here for 20 years i mean we have really been i mean lydia ranger who is just an amazing communicator an amazing singer like i remember just side note really fast mm-hmm. i remember being little and hearing her song, Enjoying the Journey, which is one of my favorites. Wait,
1: sing it. because I'm not singing it. Just sing it. No, it's sing, like, I don't know. It, it was
0: like, I was heading down life highway. No, no, no. You got to sing it. <laughs> Come
1: on.
0: And I would sit in the back of this room and during band practice, I would just
1: belt it out.
0: <laughs> but she didn't mind. She didn't get annoyed. She loved it. She's giggling or whatever. How have these women before you set the path for you?
1: Even before I thought of myself as any type of leader, I always looked at Pastor Lydia and she'd go up on stage. And of course, I mean, she's got the most beautiful voice ever, but I saw her and And what I really loved about her was that she was so authentic in her space. In her space of singing, she was authentic in who she was. She never wanted to portray that she was anything else. And I loved that her and Pastor were always really honest about their space. Where they were personally good, bad, or indifferent. They were always so honest about that. And... I just I've never seen that before. Of course I've not ever been in church before at all, but to see the authenticity in our lead pastors really gave me hope um that one day I could live that way as well. Um poured out an open as a leader and be be okay with being vulnerable. And I think that that's what pastor Lydia did for me. She made it okay for me to be vulnerable and she made it okay for me to be who I am, which is loud and outgoing, big hair, blah, blah, blah. All of these things that sometimes hit the mic sometimes all of it. Right. Yes. Um, but she made me feel like it was okay for me to be completely who I am because she was free to be completely who she was. And so I love that about Lydia and pastor Lydia. And, uh, Man, that was one of the biggest takeaways that I've ever, that I've taken away from any, any leader, um, is that being authentic and being true to who you are because she does that so well and she models it well for us.
0: Going back to hearing God's voice, yeah. because of what you just said with the being true to yourself and being authentic, do you feel that the moment that you switched that mindset to say, I am who I am, I'm going to be proud of it, you could <laughs> hear God further or clearer?
1: I feel like when I say those things to myself, you are who God created you to be. This is who you are. Curly hair, big girl, you know, big loud voice, that type of stuff, hoop earrings, red lipstick. That is who I am. And I feel like when I'm settled in who I am and not trying to compare myself to somebody who isn't those things, I believe that I'm really close to God and I believe that I could hear him clearly. And, um, I I can't even explain it, but I feel like when I'm in that space, I can move mountains. I could just do it. I could just go for it um, and not be afraid. And maybe I'll fail and maybe I'll succeed, but I feel fearless. That is what I feel. I feel fearless when I'm in that space. So. I love that. Yeah.
0: What a great way to like close everything out with that little tidbit right there, especially after the conversation of everything that we've had. We've talked about you, your person, your family, your relationship with God, your walk with God, your mentors. We've talked about your job, the strategy part. We've talked about so much today. I thank you so much for being here with us instead of PJ. It's kind of a nice change.
1: I love it, thank you so, no, it's great. I love it, thank you for even asking me. I was so honored, Pastor James, I'm so honored that you even said yes, that I could do this and be a part of this, so.
0: He is all about getting different people to speak into the community that watches it and for him to really allow us, you and I, imagine you and I, I, like, does he even know what he is thinking? No. Probably not. No,
1: he's he's in Israel, he's living it up. It's great, He He doesn't even realize the fun that we're having down here. I know, I know. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for watching today. This is another episode of PJ Talks. As always, shoot us an email. Tell us what you like. Tell us your comments, your concerns, your questions. Um, if you have a question for Erica, you can still shoot us an email at podcast, the at sign in life. And we will be back next week with another episode of PJ Talks. We'll catch you guys then.